Whoosh, Yay. Whoosh. We're back. We we're, back. Back. we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Oh, my goodness. So sorry about the longest little it's break. So long. So I long. Mean, I just... feel like we do this. Honestly, uh, we made it through, like, a solid, like, eight months of being real great. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we got into a habit of, like, recording three episodes and falling off for a month and recording three episodes and falling off yeah. for a month. And, like, I-, I want us to break that habit. But I do, it- too. I don't know that it will ever be broken. As of right now, it <laughs> won't. Maybe when the fall comes, it's mm-hmm. probable. The summer is just crazy busy because that's yeah. how summer goes. Mm-hmm. So... That's how summer be. Yeah. I also had COVID, so that was a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're consistently getting sick because the first time this happened, it was because I had influenza. Yeah. And then then, you got COVID. Yeah. And then I got COVID. Yeah. And then you got COVID a second time. Yeah. You know, I think it's very funny with how careful I am. I somehow end up getting COVID in my (laughs) brief moments of socialization. I'm like, oh, here we go. Anyway, Taylor. Anyway, Taylor, this is the last part of our Taylor We haven't series. introduced ourselves yet. Oh shit. We so we took behind. a break. We took a break took and a break we forgot and how to podcast. I literally forgot how this worked. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Gwen. And this is Tea and Squee. This is the podcast where we spill the tea about the things that make us squee. And today we're finally finishing out Taylor. We're finally concluding Taylor Swift. Woohoo. She is eternal, but her time on this podcast has ended. Finally. She's been on here for so long. Not nearly as long as the Twilight stuff has lasted, but like... No. Given our break, uh, it's been a hot sec. And she'll be making special guest appearances oh, because for sure. she's a part of everything we do, and it's mm-hmm. impossible to go through anything in life without thinking about a Taylor Swift song that yep. aligns with it. For example, um, I just reread the Hunger Games books <laughs> and sent Alyssa I don't know how many Snapchats about how folklore is for Katniss Everdeen, it but is. specifically about the way she feels about Gail and her relationship with Gail and um, the song Ivy in particular off of Evermore is about Kat- Katniss and Peta. Yes. I'll leave it there. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to Taylor today just to prep for the episode, and the one came on, and I was thinking of your Snapchat, and I was like, oh, this is such a good Katniss and Gail song, because, like, uh-huh. oh, uh-huh. oh my god, and then I was uh-huh. listening very carefully, and I was like, oh, this is good. I like this. Uh-huh. Oh, guys, I'm so excited about this episode. I just... I found a newfound passion again in analyzing. If if y'all could see our outline, Alyssa went full (laughs) English major on this shit. I did. I just, I started, literally this morning I was like, I have no thoughts head empty. And then I had so many thoughts. Mm -hmm. Brain full. Also, she texted me this morning. She was like, I'm making the outline. I know that we've both been thinking about it, but I'm making the outline, like, officially. And I was like, great, awesome. I will fill it in after work today. And throughout the day, she's texting me, I don't have any thoughts. Head empty. I don't have anything to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. And then I logged into the outline, and there's, like, four different English essays written in this outline. I was like, yeah, that's that's nothing to say at all, Alyssa. Of course. Alyssa. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I have nothing to say. And I'm like, that's the biggest lie I've ever heard. You have so much Gemini in your chart. You do not shut up. You have so many things to say all the time. (laughs) 
listen, if either Alyssa and I ever say we have nothing to say, it's a lie. And we have so many things to say. So much. So Mm -hmm. much to say. our thoughts are not real unless we speak them. Yeah, I just need to talk. I'm like a little parrot. Mm-hmm. And so I, especially like during the day, I text my boyfriend like every random thought that comes into my brain. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, wow, that's great, babe. Or he just <laughs> like thumbs up reacts to them now. And I'm like, I'm sending you updates on my day and my thoughts and feelings. And he's like, cool. I appreciate you. <laughs> it's great. We're going to jump in. Yes. We've concluded discussing all of the albums individually and, like, the chronological order of her discography, how we feel about Mm -hmm. the albums, like, as individual albums. Uh, But today we are going to talk a little bit, uh, just very briefly, we're going to touch on Carolina because that has dropped in the Mm -hmm. interim between our episodes. So we're going to talk just a little bit about that new single that just dropped. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to talk about uh track five because it's a very big thing in the swifty community and then we're going to talk about some motifs or like uh tropes that appear in taylor's discography and then we're going to rank our albums we're going to rank taylor's albums in terms of our favorite albums yes i did not go with by like what is her best albums right Right. And I specifically stipulated that in the outline. (laughs) I was like, I want to make sure that I say that this is not which albums I think are her best albums because that ranking would be different and that ranking would take a lot more time for me to think about. Same, because I'm very biased as a person. So this is very specifically just my favorite albums. But we'll get to that later. We're going to start very briefly with Carolina. So Alyssa, what are your thoughts on Carolina? Okay, so I did read the book um, where the crawdads sing. Okay. Um, So I read, I was literally in the middle of reading that book when this song dropped. So initially, I was really obsessed with this song because I was reading the book at the time and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my god, the vibes are Mackey. This is amazing. (laughs) But then I finished the book. I had some space. But it's not what I thought it would be because based on the trailer, which I guess they probably like had the dramatic score layered under it. So we had Mm -hmm. like the intense like violins. So I thought it was gonna be this really cool, intense, mysterious song. Right. And it is still kind of mysterious. Um, It's not my favorite song, but if Mm -hmm. there ever was going to be like the third album to the Folklore Evermore moments, uh-huh. I'm wondering if this is the sound we would get, like, a slower, more mysterious vibe. Because mm-hmm. Folklore is very whimsical. And then mm-hmm. Evermore is very grounded, earthy. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, like, this slow, mysterious, swampy vibe is what we or, would get. <laughs> yeah, or... Because Taylor's folk vibe is still very poppy. Yes. And this leans a little more into a bluegrass yes, it does. kind of folk. Which is a style that I really like. Like I all summer long, I've almost exclusively been listening to bluegrass folk. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I love that style of music. And I think if we got a full album like this, I would mm-hmm. love to listen to that album. Yeah. This song ain't it for me though. It's very long and very repetitive. Uh-huh. It and didn't need it, to be four minutes long. <laughs> it might just be that I haven't listened to it enough, because to be completely honest, I listened to it once, said 
I don't know that I like this and then listen to it a few more times mm-hmm. when it would like pop up on my shuffle on my Spotify and every time I've listened to it I've been like this is not the vibe like if yeah. there ever was a skip for a Taylor song this would be the skip for me yeah yeah I like it's on my summer playlist because it's a very summery and muggy August song mm-hmm. but like so is the rest of folklore Folklore yeah. is my August playlist, so if it's between a folklore song and this one, this one's mm-hmm. getting skipped before mm-hmm. August does. Yeah. Like, I I agree with you. When I heard it in the trailer, I was really excited about mm-hmm. it because I was expecting these, like, big orchestrations, and I was expecting me to feel very murder mystery Yeah. And it just didn't, the, the full track didn't deliver. The The music production of it, I really like. I think that it's a great mm-hmm. sound and a beautiful style, but I just, I wanted more from it, I if that makes too. sense. Because the first clips of it we got were in a dramatized trailer. Yes. The single, when it actually dropped, didn't deliver what I wanted it to. Yeah. And I've heard that's a general consensus on the song from what I've mm-hmm. seen about it on TikTok. I haven't heard a lot about this song on TikTok besides, like, the dramas and controversy surrounding the 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 book itself and the author and Taylor's involvement in a sketchy project. Mm -hmm. And I'm not not here to discuss these things besides go do the research yourself because it's a lot. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of things and this is not an episode about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's about it. And then everybody's like, okay, bye to this song. Like, it's off tiktok now basically i haven't seen anything about it since it like dropped (laughs) yeah it was it was hot and heavy for like a full 48 hours and then it was bye-bye yep (laughs) like i hate her music isn't it's not taylor's never written like a forgettable song but like this kind of slinks to the back of my mind because it's in the same style as folklore and evermore two really amazing albums that are okay. super popular. Okay. Alyssa, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that point actually Ooh. about Taylor never having written a forgettable song. <gasps> um <laughs> uh, admittedly. Admittedly, I am a new Swifty. I've only been a Swifty for like what two years now. Yeah. Most of debut is forgettable for me. That's fair. Um and also 1989 as an album is kind of forgettable for me not because it's not amazing because it is but if i you asked me to name all of taylor's albums 1989 is the one i would forget Ooh, that's fair though anyways that's our two cents on Uh, carolina carolina i Mm -hmm. don't know stream it yourself there she also released two versions of the song she released like a two minute one and then a four minute one if i'm being honest they both kind of sound the same <laughs> so i guess listen to whatever one your heart desires yeah so, so we're, we're gonna move on <laughs> yeah let's talk about track five yes so if you're listening to this i have to assume that you're a swifty and you already know the importance of track five yes. but just in case you don't on every taylor swift album there is a significance to the track five song to the fifth song yes. on the album it's usually destined to have a very significant meaning to sort of the the vibe and the feel Mm -hmm. of the album and to taylor herself and it's typically the most emotional tear-jerking and vulnerable song on the album so Alyssa, walk us through the track fives okay so on debut it's cold as you fearless as white horse speak now is dear john right as all too well 
1989 is all you had to do was stay. Reputation is delicate. Lover, the archer. Folklore, my tears ricochet. And evermore tolerated. And I'm gonna get into what people think about the 1989 track five because it's kind of controversial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of Swifties don't think all you had to do was stay is a typical track five for Taylor, which I do agree. It's a very upbeat song, like mm-hmm. mu- musically. But yeah, lyrically, no. If you guys have listened to Harry Styles, as it was, is another example of like the music being super upbeat and happy, but when you listen to the lyrics, like, focus in on them, they're depressing as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I have a little section here just to give an example. Like, imagine this being really slowed down. Um, so it's, here you are now, calling me up, but I don't know what to say. I've been picking up the pieces of the mess you made. People like you always want back the love they pushed aside, but people like me are gone forever when you say goodbye. Hey, all you had to do was stay, had me in the palm of your hand, then why'd you have to go and lock me out when I let you in? Hey, now you say you want it back, now that it's just too late. Well, it could have been easy. All you had to do was stay. So she's begging this person that, you know, should have stayed in this relationship. Depressing. However, okay, so a lot of people either think clean or out of the woods should be track five instead. Mm, which I kind of vibe with like I think out of the woods would be a really good track vibe yes I so I am I'm not necessarily on team clean should have been track five but I think that clean could have made a strong track five yes um specifically I say that because a a lot of her track five songs I shouldn't say a lot because Mm -hmm. it's only like three or four not e- th- not even three or four. It's a few. A few of her track five <laughs> songs are actually really affirming songs. Mm-hmm. So, like, Dear John and White Horse are the ones that, like, I can confidently say without a full lyrical analysis because I know those two so well. Mm-hmm. Like, the last verse of White Horse and the bridge of Dear John are both super duper affirming and like i'm taking this back you will never have control over me i am better than you will ever be kind Mm -hmm. of songs and clean falls into that same line it does of like this was really hard for me to get through but Mm -hmm. i am better afterward and i think part of the reason that clean wasn't track five uh, admittedly, I, I'm not inside Taylor's head. I can't I can't say that for sure. But I mm-hmm. feel like Clean was always a song written on the other side of it. Does that make sense? Yes, because that's the thing about it is I love how it closes the album. Mm-hmm. Like, she's gone through all this shit. This is post-Red. She's gone through this horrible heartbreak. Now she's trying to come back from it. And Clean mm-hmm. just closes it in a really beautiful way. So that's mm-hmm. why I don't really want it to be track five, because I like mm-hmm. the way it wraps everything up and gets us ready for reputation. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that, every, not everyone, but part of the reason that you have this desire for Clean to be the track five song is because everyone resonates it with, mm-hmm. resonates with it in a different way. Yes. And so I know for for me, it has a different significance than it does for you, and Mm -hmm. it has a different significance for you than it does for Taylor. Mm -hmm. And I think 
clean is a song that you can project a lot of your worst experiences Mm -hmm. onto. And for that reason, people feel that strongly about it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it is Taylor's track five. Yes. Because I'm like, if I like picked the lyrics that I thought was best for the example for All You Had To Do Was Stay, but really the whole song is like, it's mm-hmm. fucking sad, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like somebody who's really upset, but who's trying to have a good attitude, and it's just struggling. Struggling mm-hmm. to do well and stay optimistic when it's when they're depressed as fuck. I think that's a lot of 1989, too, I've made the case for. Whereas Clean is an overwhelmingly happy song. Yeah. If I'm being honest, it really, really is a very happy and affirming song. It's about like, closure, too. Yeah. She she sings the the about the sad stuff that happened, but the chorus remains the entire time. The rain came pouring down when I was drowning. That's when I could finally breathe. Breathe. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I can't talk today. Mm-hmm. And by morning light, I was finally clean of you. Yeah. Or I was, oh my gosh, I can't even recite lyrics I think properly. I, I think I was finally clean. <laughs> but, she but says like, the drought was the very wor- worst. Yeah. The drought but, she's already gone through. Yeah. The rain is here now. She's been washed clean already. Mm-hmm. We aren't within the drought anymore. And so clean can't be track five. Yeah. And I would say all you had to do was stay is during a drought. Mm-hmm. And maybe Out of the Woods is getting out of it. So I think that's also why Out of the Woods maybe wouldn't work for a track five. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that I don't know that Delicate is necessarily like a sad song no. the way that a lot of the other track fives are. Uh, but if there had to be a track five <clears throat> on rep, this is it. When you think mm-hmm. about this in comparison to the other songs on Reputation, yeah. they... The other songs celebrate Taylor's originality, her bad reputation, her love. Delicate is the most uncertain that her character voices through the entire album. It's the only time that she's uncertain on the album. Like, gorgeous a little bit, but gorgeous is always the, like, I could have you, but I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not a, will you like me? It's a... You'd like me, but I don't know if this is a good idea. Whereas mm-hmm. Delicate is flat out, I don't know what's happening. I don't have control here. Mm-hmm. It is the track five. Yes. I love Delicate. What a good song. So, Alyssa, favorite track five songs? Oh, it's really, really hard for me to choose, first of all, because I love all of her track fives. Um, But I have to really say, all too well, The Archer and Tolerate It. Shout out to Dear John, because I blasted it when I got dicked over by a 33-year-old I was dating. So related a little bit too much that, to that song, I suppose. But those um, are my choices. <laughs> I'm really surprised that we don't have crossover. No, we these. don't. Because my favorites are Dear John, White Horse, and My Tears Ricochet. What's really surprising to I me just... about this is that one of your favorites is off of my favorite album, and one of my favorites is off of your favorite album, which we have been quoted <laughs> as saying, like, we like both, but we are not, like, you are not never more girly, I am yes. not folklore girly, but Except I in prefer... this song's case. <laughs> mm-hmm, I prefer... My Tears Ricochet over Tolerate It yeah. any day. Tolerate oh, yeah. It is arguably the song I skip the most on Evermore. Fascinating. I mm-hmm. love that, that song. One of my favorite songs ever, ever, ever. It's I, beautiful. It's beautiful. But sometimes I just, I can't listen to I it. I relate to it too much. That's probably why. 
Yeah. It's it's almost <laughs> like I get that track five is supposed to be absolutely heartbreaking, but I That's think it hurts much. me too much. <laughs> For me, I'm like, ah, yes. Reaffirms my trauma. So Whereas, fun. Because <laughs> I, I like track five songs that I can scream. Ooh. Because That's I... That's me all too well. I yeah. scream that last chorus. Whereas, like, if you see me in the car singing My Tears Ricochet, I'm pulling a full... Like, you've seen that guy on TikTok who, like, screams Taylor Swift oh, bridges yeah. in his car? That's me with My Tears Ricochet. And also me with Dear John and White Horse. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be angry. <laughs> it's true. I like... That's why I like All Too Well, and then the Archer is, like, a little bit more upbeat, which I vibe with. I also just, mm -hmm. ugh, love, like, the All the King's Horses, All the King's Men couldn't put me together again. Oh, and the music in the background, it's iconic. Whew. So good. I like All Too Well, <laughs> but I'll be honest, it has received the Shake It Off treatment for mm. me, where, uh... It's beautiful. I love the 10-minute version and oh, the original. But I've heard it so many times at this point that I have to skip it when it starts mm -hmm. to play. That's fair. I think, I really think it was her re-recording that solidified it for me. Mm -hmm. I did not really like the original all too well that much, but I loved what she did with the re-recording of it, especially mm -hmm. the 10-minute version. I can't really listen to the normal version now because I'm like, wait, where are my new lyrics that I love? Right. Where's where's where's, where's our the two bridges? <laughs> True. Where's the you? That's what happened. The you. You. It's so good. Even more angry. Where's I'm I'll not any older. good at <laughs> yes. telling jokes. Jokes. Twenty one goes. I get, get older. older. But your but lovers your stay, stay my, my age. age. Also, so relevant. That's also why I like that song. I'm like, ooh, tracks for the 30-year-olds I dated. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so let's move on to some popular tropes and overlying narratives that oh, Taylor has in her songs. And we're, we're going to start with one that feels super prevalent in her mm -hmm. music, which is uh, Friends to Lovers. Yes. She uses a lot of typical romance tropes, but, like, this one feels really prominent in it's a lot of her music. It's a lot of her Like, for example, I didn't see a lot of enemies to lovers in her discography when I was browsing today. I was like, there really isn't a ton of this. Um, she mostly does, like, either, like, a forbidden love or a mm -hmm. friends to lovers are, like, the two most common ones. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this about the enemies to lovers idea. Like... Like, if there's anything we know about me, it's that I can read a friends-to-lovers narrative into anything. <laughs> I can read a anything-to-lovers narrative into literally anything because I just want everyone to be in love. But yes. Taylor doesn't leave room for me to read that in, no. her, in her discography. She, she said once in an interview that she believes in forgiveness, but she doesn't believe that you need to forgive and forget in order to move on. Eventually, you just get over it and you pass into indifference. Mm -hmm. And that's the vibe of her saltier songs. Yes. There's no romanticism in that conflict. She's past it, and she's just telling it like it is. And so, like, enemies to lovers isn't a trope, no. isn't a narrative arc you're going to read into any of her songs. No. Which is fine. I love that trope, I guess. And I guess I love enemies to lovers. It's my favorite thing to read. 
But that's okay. I really like the way she does the friends to lovers in her songs anyway, so I'm a little butthurt. Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, before we start, I just wanted to also say that the thing about her friends to lovers trope is that it's less the friends becoming lovers and more her lover being her best friend. And the way that she uses that narrative structure changes as she grows and as her style changes. Country Taylor is your typical friends to lover tragically Mm -hmm. in love with her best friend unrequited until it is requited um red in 1989 taylor has lost her best friend when she loses her lover Mm -hmm. um which is a lot of where we see that trope in those two albums but then after that when we move into reputation lover um and less so in folklore and evermore because i see those as a separate narrative that she's crafted not so much about her experiences but about like uh different characters Mm -hmm. that she is creating music for so when you look at reputation and lover taylor her lover is her best friend Mm -hmm. like the the trope isn't necessarily about falling in love with your best friend but it's about your best friend and your lover being one in the same and the way that she experiences that changes country taylor Mm -hmm is in love with her best friend pop taylor loses her best friend when she loses her lover and uh late pop taylor reputation and lover taylor um has a lover that becomes her best friend mm-hmm. and so that lover is the best lover she's ever had yes i like that bam mm-hmm. mic drop speaking about specific songs if we want to uh when we look at country taylor mm-hmm. teardrops on my guitar yes. um i'm only me when i'm with you you yes. belong with me i'd lie which is the quintessential Ooh. friends to lovers song teardrops on my guitar and i'd lie are the quintessential friends to lovers yes. songs oh i totally agree uh teardrops on my guitar was like the first one i thought of when i was like hmm, mm-hmm. friends to lovers Mm-hmm. that's it i also love i'd lie good one um and then in pop taylor they are her uh her breakup songs more than her mm-hmm. like romance songs um i will say honorable mention to how you get the girl because it gives like romantic comedy montage <laughs> but then you look at songs like you are in love delicate and dress are all friends to lovers and then you get mm-hmm. i wish you would on 1989 which yeah. is a breakup friends to lovers song <laughs> like <laughs> i'm sorry you always knew how to push my buttons you gave me everything and nothing this mad mad love makes you come rushing stand back where you stood i wish you would i wish you would like yep. i wish i never hung up the phone like i did wish you knew that i'd never forget you as long as i live like admittedly maybe i just experience romantic feelings differently than taylor does mm-hmm. But I don't feel this way about ex-boyfriends. I feel this way about no. friends that I had fallings out with. Yes, exactly. A lot of my ex-boyfriends, I'm like, I literally, for- I forgot that you existed is my theme mm-hmm. song for about 80% of them. But right. this one just screams friend falling out. Mm-hmm. The way that mm-hmm. I, like, am so nostalgic for my past friendships that I've, like, ultimately faded and gone away. And I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. Or, like, this one screams, like... I've had boyfriends that were boyfriends mm-hmm. where I was like romantically interested in them and then we became friends during our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I've had boyfriends who were my friends first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in particular, the boyfriend who was like my best friend who then we dated and we broke up. That was like the worst breakup for me uh, because I was losing 
not only my boyfriend, but also a friend. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was like, we will never be able to be friends again because yep. we dated. Mm-hmm. And that's what this song is giving. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you right. And then Folk Taylor has less friends to lovers, but we have to mention Tis the Damn Season. Oh, yes. Because, oh my God. Yes. What I love about Tis the Damn Season is it feels like an inversion of her friends to lovers trope. Oh, it totally it's, does. It's not a friend who becomes a lover. It's a friend that you will always question whether or not you could have been the lover to. Yes. You know? It's so genius. And then Dorothea, I think, also counts as a friends to lovers narrative. I would agree with in that, yeah. Her, in her folk catalog. So, yeah. I agree. I That's like what those. I have to say about friends to lovers. Yes. Um, okay, let me look at my... Okay, so, like, when I think of friends to lovers, that trope, I think of fearless, actually. Hmm. Like, I imagine two friends who have grown up together, and, like, there's always something under the surface, and, like, maybe someday when they're older that something like bubbles up to the surface and then like the first kiss in the rain is a moment of bravery where like the two characters realize what they have and like they don't want to lose it um there's like there's the fear of losing this really great friendship for the possibility of a romantic relationship but like you know when like the romantic chemistry between two characters is like too big and loud to ignore Mm -hmm. and you're like you just gotta kiss each other yes to find out if if this is gonna happen even if i guess it ruins your friendship so like Mm -hmm. if anyone's read emily emily henry's people we meet on vacation it gives a major poppy and alex energy because these are two people who became best friends in college inseparable took vacations together every summer but there's like so much fucking chemistry between them Mm -hmm. that eventually she's like i just gotta kiss him because i gotta know if this could have ever, ever have been something more. Mm-hmm. And, and I love it. Who among us has not been guilty of feeling that way? Whether yeah. we kiss him or not, who among us has not been guilty? So many. Literally. <laughs> one of our friends loves friends to lovers. And I love her for it. Mm-hmm. I can't do friends to lovers. Mm-mm. Because it's completely blown up in my face. And now... Mm-hmm. We'll never risk it again because of how horrible the blow-up was. Mm-hmm. Friends to Lovers is an amazing trope, but I'd much rather read Enemies to Lovers because yes. I want to watch two people learn to fall in love. Mm-hmm. As opposed to two people who are very clearly already in love with each other yes. and just need to make out. Yeah. You know? Yes. Also, everything has changed also gives major childhood friends transforming into lovers energy but like less dramatic and maybe less stakes than fearless mm-hmm. does like it gives a soft coffee shop fanfic energy yes like, coffee shop f- au so like so fluffy and cute and like the stakes are so low and mm-hmm. you're just here for a good cuddly time mm-hmm. and i'm here for it um another trope I want to talk about is the forbidden love one mm-hmm. and like i know this one's really prominent in love story and maybe even getaway car a little bit because she's in a relationship and then she's running away from some relationship but like love story more so than getaway car i think mm-hmm. like since it mentions romeo and juliet by name 
And like, obviously that's like the most famous example of forbidden love, but I'm not talking about love story because I don't need to go into it. Um, I want to talk about how it applies to Ivy, where the song is literally about somebody who is cheating on her husband with another person. And mm -hmm. I like it when it's implied that it's two women to mm -hmm. being together, mm -hmm. cheating on the husband because it's like a higher stakes and depending on the time period, mm -hmm. literal forbidden love. Um, it's absolutely beautiful, the longing the main character feels for this person they're having the affair with, and how they're, like, mm -hmm. they're marked for life by the love they feel and their affections, and all of their being is not tied down to their husband who they are married to, but to this lover they meet in the graveyard. Oh, I love this song with every fiber of my being. It's my favorite example of forbidden romance. Illicit affairs, I think, would also fall into this category. Yes! I was mm -hmm. thinking about that, too. I think her forbidden love narrative also plays into a like a, a missed opportunities narrative if that makes yes. sense yes like champagne problems kind of has that vibe of like mm -hmm. oh what if i would have said yes to this person even though i know it's not, it's like not right but like mm -hmm. i love when she does that it's, i think those are actually my favorite songs by taylor's where she's like the what if narrative Mm -hmm. Which, uh, Tis the Damn Season falls into this as well. I also, uh, want to talk about her, uh, ability to write really great songs about family. Like, Ooh. the thing about Taylor is she writes, she doesn't write only love songs, but mm. Taylor writes love songs. She's yes. an expert at writing love songs, and it doesn't just have to be romantic love. She is an expert at writing love songs about family whether that is mm -hmm. found family or biological family see the best day never grow up long live soon you'll get better it's nice to have a friend marjorie Ooh. these are some of my favorite songs she has ever written and they have nothing to do with falling in love yes. and everything to do with the people who love you yes the end. That's all That's all I had to say. I love that, though. It's so true. I love when she writes about platonic and or family love. I love, mm -hmm. when, I love that in general because, like, obviously in our society, like, romance, romantic love gets the most attention. Mm -hmm. And I just want to call attention to platonic and familial love because they're equally important or, at least to me, like, very on par with romantic love. Like, I always had platonic and familial love way before I fell in romantic love. I don't have- this isn't a trope, but something I noticed in her music, and I like comparing Red um, versus Lover as albums Yeah. because of the confusion of thinking you found the one, when in reality your idea of love is confused into something that you think like love is supposed to be, like the passion and the burning red like what she what she says in makes me think of the times in my life where i thought i had found the one because of these really intense feelings of passion i felt for this person when in reality i'm learning that love is a lot gentler mm -hmm. and there well, is it's, sorry she literally has that line in daylight where it yeah. says i used to think love would be burning red but it's golden yes and it's i love I love how interesting it is to see the idea of a soulmate being confused in the wrong person mm -hmm. and you don't realize it was so wrong either until like you've broken up with a person or you're with the right person. 
And mm-hmm. also, when you realize that State of Grace and Treacherous are like confused love songs, it's the obsession with the chase and getting caught up with somebody, and it's the thrill that comes when they act estranged, is not actually love and comparing a relationship to those songs is like a red flag that it's not healthy. I did this with two situationships last summer. I thought these songs were very romantic until I got to the fall after that had blown up in my face and I realized how wrong I was. And Treacherous is a deceptively romantic song because of the softness of the guitar. And if you listen to the surface, it sounds like a love song, but also when you like look at the lyrics, it's just like warning of false love because you have, I think this is the bridge. Two headlights shine the sleepless night, and I will get you and get you alone. Your name has echoed through my mind, and I just think you should think you should know that nothing safe is worth the drive, and I would follow you, follow you home. I'll follow you, follow you home. This hope is treacherous. This danger, this daydream is dangerous. This hope is treacherous, and it's like I, I, I repeated like three times which I like thinking the pause of the eyes because it's the fear of admitting you're in love with the wrong person or you're not actually in love with them. You're like in lust with them or you're in love with the excitement you feel because you might lose them soon. So I'm going to argue with <laughs> argue with you on a point here. Oh, okay. The point I'm going to argue with you on is state of grace being a confused love. Ooh. I actually think that state of grace is fairly firm. It's messy. Yes. But it's about, like, it's, uh, this is the worthwhile fight. Love is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right. Yes. Like, um, she mentions the ways that she has been hurt by this love, Mm. but at no point does she discredit the love, if that makes sense. Like, the, the love is wild and passionate and kind of messy, but it's still good and right this does that make sense it does make sense it just makes me think of myself when i would be in a toxic relationship and i thought everything was perfect and yeah then I and got you out. convince yourself of this is totally right everything that's happening right now is totally the way things are meant to be and then i got mm-hmm. out and i was like i was so fucking wrong and or confused maybe not confused is the right word for state of grace maybe just completely being off the ball mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, a lot of her songs on Red are like that. Like, uh, oh gosh, is it, is it called Stay, Stay, Stay? Is that it? Oh, I think so, yes. I hate that song. It drives me crazy. (laughs) The, uh, I'm pretty sure we almost broke up last night. I threw my phone across the room at you. Uh, and like, I, the next day I said we should talk about it because I learned you should never leave a fight unresolved. That's when you came in wearing a football helmet and said, okay, let's talk. Ugh. And then, ugh. I hate that. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't think that a fight being presented should... as a romantic thing yeah, is I know. Just so upsetting to me. <laughs> I hate it. And then that's why I look at it now and I'm like, well, there you go. It's an example of maybe don't force things to work out mm-hmm. because shit be hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. Drop the thing when it's not working. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do love the lyric. I think I'd like to hang out with you my whole life. Yeah. I love that. And the thing is that when that song was written, that was the epitome of love for yeah. her. And it's just, a, it shows how she's grown between when you look at mm. Fearless and 
Red, which are both albums where all of the depictions of love are, like, not aggressive, Mm -hmm. but burning red. Yes. Because red, like she said when she released the album, are your strongest feelings, whether good or bad. And so all of those... All of those depictions of love in Country Taylor are so red. They are mm-hmm. so, they're burning so hot, mm-hmm. so fast. And then you get to Pop Taylor. You get to Rep and Lover, where she has learned that love can burn slow mm-hmm. and be the fire that keeps you warm. Yes. And that just is a matter of how she grew as a human being. Mm-hmm when she wrote those songs because when she was writing those hot and fast songs on fearless and red that was the epitome of love for her and when i was 16 17 18 19 that was the epitome of love for me too yep you know yeah the the way that she has grown and her depictions of love have changed because Mm -hmm. of it is just like it's like you think about and you're like yeah obviously that's gonna happen but like it's still interesting to track and like it really is fun to think about and it gives the vibe of like she grew up with us but now we're growing up with her does that make sense yes like we watched her grow up but now we're finally getting it yeah it's like your your big sister or your mom gives you advice when you're in high mm-hmm. school and it doesn't really make sense until you've grown up a little bit more so then you're mm-hmm. in college you're thinking of that same piece of advice you're like i finally get it it's this amazing what sense. happens when you have a fully developed frontal lobe. Literally. Oh, my God. One year away from having that. I'm so close. So, hey, uh, let's, let's rank these albums. Hella. <laughs> let's go. Okay. So, so like we said, like we said, these are our favorite albums, yes. not necessarily her best albums. Yes. And my ranking changes on the daily. Mine does typically, too. In particular, my four and five and my eight and nine slots. But uh, if I had to tell you, like, albums that I consistently reach for Mm -hmm. or am least likely to skip songs on, this would be my ranking. Uh, Number one is Evermore. Mm, Obvi. Yes. Two would be Lover. Reputation. Four is Speak Now. Five is Folklore. Six is Fearless. Seven is 1989. Eight is debut and nine is red, Damn. which I know is controversial. It is controversial, but there we are. Pop off though. Mm-hmm. Like my three and four always change. My one and two slots consistent. Three, four, five, six. I'm like always switching up what's in these positions. But this is mine right now. My one is folklore, Avi. Two is 1989, my three is Evermore, my four is Red, my five is Speak Now, six Reputation, seven Lover, eight Fearless, and then nine is Debut. Um, Evermore and Red are constantly switching back and forth. When it fall comes, I'm usually a Red girly through and through, but Evermore is also a bitch and fall album, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is time for Zelenio quiz taking. And today, to wrap up our coverage of Taylor Swift, 
we are taking a quiz called Everyone Has Five Taylor Swift Songs That Explain Their Personality. What are yours? I'm so ready for this. I'm Thank so you, excited. BuzzFeed, for this beautiful quiz. Yes. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens here. I'm fascinated. Uh, so let's just jump right in because yes! I don't have any predictions. <laughs> I have no thoughts head empty. But no thoughts head time. empty. Let's go. We'll yes! see y'all on the other side. Yeah, let me do that one. Ooh, Ooh I love this. <laughs> stop. Okay, Wait, I haven't stop. even read the description yet. I just saw. I just saw the. Uh, oh my the, god, the, the songs. Um, uh, Alyssa, do you want to go first? Yeah, I do. This just called okay. me the fuck out. Okay. Okay, so I got Betty, the Archer, Getaway Car, Wildest Dreams, and Starlight. What a combo! Wait till you hear the description. Okay. You fall in love hard and fast, but get bored if you stay in one place for too long. You're always looking for someone who can keep up with you. You're highly intelligent and extremely passionate, but people underestimate you a lot because they don't understand you. Quite often, you mistake the rush of being with someone, having something, or being somewhere new as being in love with that person, and the novelty wears off quickly. You're exhilarating to be with, and you'll likely be the love of people's lives, even though they might not have you for long. Bitch. Just got destroyed. Holy shit. I've been intentionally staring like away from the description of mine because I want my first read of it to be on the pod. So here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got peace, lover, New Year's Day, this love, and the moment I knew. Oh my god, Gwen. (laughs) It says, you're very trusting and have no problem being vulnerable with people. You always give people a chance to be the person you've made them out to be in your head. However, you get tired of making excuses for people and often find yourself feeling burnt out. Most people don't meet your efforts equally. Regardless, you put your cards on the table and give people people chance after chance, whether they deserve it or not. Some perceive you as naive and find it easy Mm -hmm. to walk all over you. But you know what you're doing and you do know your worth. You're humble and down to earth, Mm -hmm. a lover and a warm presence. Almost no one deserves you, but you'll give anyone a chance. Stop. Literally stop. <laughs> my, my whole pop filter just fell off my mic. <laughs> I've never... Holy shit. It's been a long time. Oh my Sends goodness. Sends a BuzzFeed quiz. I w- directly called this out. I think we both need to make, like playlists of these songs in this order so that we can listen to these songs in this specific order i'm also screenshotting this result because i'm not gonna send it to our friends they're not gonna get it but like no but like you want to have it i want to have it because i've literally never read anything more accurate about myself Mm -hmm. in my entire life Mm -hmm. yeah legit literally right on the nose it's kind of scary (laughs) if there was ever a quiz that i'd say that our listeners need to take it's this one it's this one Mm -hmm. holy shit that was amazing that was a great quiz Mm -hmm. i love when they go off what's your aesthetic or what are you feeling yeah those are like my favorite 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 i can't rig i couldn't rig this shit no no way (laughs) had to go by my feelings uh all right y'all so that's 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 taylor yeah um 
yeah yeah that's 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 taylor exciting i also just want to mention briefly because we haven't i don't think we recorded since our birthday no and i just want to mention the fact that taylor or that Alyssa and i both got each other taylor swift sweatshirts for our birthday which is just really funny to me i'm also wearing my other taylor swift sweatshirt for today which i think is funny i have two taylor swift sweatshirts now well done so proud of us it's amazing yeah really what an iconic gift (laughs) i loved it all right y'all so that's Taylor. Uh, yeah. I don't know what we're going to talk about next, but we're going to talk about something. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll see you around for that. Alyssa, yes. where can they find our podcast? Oh my God, guys, it's been so long. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you listen to your podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast, um, subscribe and like or yeah like i think because <laughs> we want rate people- us five stars give us five stars thank you it's been so long since i've done this okay <laughs> subscribe and give us a five star rating because we want people to find us yeah and if you want to connect with us you can find us on social media we're on instagram and twitter at t or if you have longer thoughts feel free to send them words feel free to send them to our email <laughs> our email address is t and at gmail.com that's t the letter n squee at gmail.com i want yeah. them to write me an english essay yeah yeah pick a taylor song and analyze it or an album yes. and analyze yes. it as a narrative uh and that's taylor swift so listen to her yeah everybody right. out there uh <laughs> stay hot stay hydrated. stay hydrated we're almost at the end of summer kiddos we're almost there. Also, I realized why uh, Folklore is an August album hmm. uh, and why it bothers me is because it, <laughs> the entire album, it's the Sunday Scaries album. <laughs> okay, Alyssa and I okay, are going to yeah, talk about yeah. this uh, off the pod, but everyone yeah. stay hot, stay, stay hydrated, hydrated. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Yes. Okay. 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 Bye. Bye.